0: Welcome to Feminine Founder. Today I have Shannon Weinstein joining me. Shannon is a CPA, CEO of Fit National Solutions, and the host of Keep What You Earn podcast. So I'd love to hear your story behind you work for some, you work big four, you work for several large global firms serving their corporate bottom lines, and now you're the CEO of Fit National Solutions. Tell me about your journey.
1: So, I mean, it all started with losing a bet to my dad and having to major in accounting. But then going to school, getting my CPA, I was so excited because I got my first choice in working for one of the big four firms. That was the traditional route. Like everybody went for a big four internship and then you work there. My dad encouraged me to stay till manager. He said, you'll be able to do anything you want, Chan, if you just make manager. Just get that far and stay five years at the firm, which I did. I stayed about six or seven actually. And, uh, and then I left and actually I went to work for another company, decided it was full of the same people I used to work for quite literally. Nobody was telling each other that they were interviewing. And then next thing, you know, we all show up for onboarding at this consulting firm. And there were a lot of familiar faces in the room altogether. So in a very funny way, I left my job to arrive at the exact same job. So, uh, with the exact same people. So it's kind of like boy meets world when they graduate high school and they end up at college. You know, it's just a different room, same vibe, same people. So we, so I left there only after nine months. And then I ended up working actually in um, client services and then sales at a SaaS company. And then I went on to work in internal audit at a Fortune 50 manufacturer. This was so cool because I feel like I got so many different dimensions of what you can do with an accounting background. And I got really clear on what I liked and what I didn't like, you know, big companies, small companies, and all sorts of different functions that I worked in. And eventually, I just kind of realized, I don't want to sit behind a cubicle the rest of my life. I just want to have a little bit more time freedom, be able to spend time with my husband. He was an entrepreneur himself. And I said, I think I got to build the business in my spare time. I called it the seven to tens. And I built financial solutions from the ground up. And what we did was uh, created, it was tax and accounting and then morphed into fractional CFO, which is where I'm at today.
0: They work in corporate America and experience their version of company culture. So how are you doing it differently now that you're running the show?
1: Whatever my firms did, I do the polar opposite. So <laughs> I uh, I know it works for them, but I I truly believe that You know, a really strong company culture is built on a shared mission and shared values. And I think showcasing those values in a very real way, not just on a poster on the wall with a big tiger on it or a mountain, like actually having daily behaviors that support those values, like, you know, taking time off, implementing our boundaries, uh, even if it's not time off, but it's work how you work best. Like if you're tired in the afternoon, you got to pick up your kids, work early in the morning. That works for you, that's cool. We work around each other to when we are available and we have a lot of asynchronous communication that enables us to do that, right? Different time zones working virtually. It's all very doable if you just set up the right foundation for it. So as far as a culture goes, it's really about transparency and communication, but also mutual support and knowing everyone's got something going on outside of the job that we don't know about. So you have to honor and respect everybody as though their priorities are not exactly the same as yours.
0: So I'd love to hear more about your working models. We were talking about this before we got started recording and you have a kind of non-traditional approach to that and it's worked for you with recruiting and yeah. scaling your model.
1: So in terms of like what my, my language, my my way I express it. Yeah, so, uh, so recently, I mean, I work in accounting, right? We're, we're in the middle of a, a horrible draining of the pipeline right now for accountants because a lot of Generation Z doesn't have the same exact, well, I say values, but I think we have the same values. I just think that the environment's different because when we came up, I'm kind of this like Gen X millennial. When we came up, you know, it was the employer could dictate, this is what it takes to come work here. And we were chomping at the bit, trying to get a job, right? We were like fighting for the spot, like it was a reality TV show. And now I feel like it's, it, it's completely flipped. But wh- what's funny about that is the Gen X millennials got the short end of the stick on both sides. We are fighting for the job and now we are fighting for the talent and we never get to sit back and like let people try to impress us. <laughs> so it's an interesting world we live in where we're, now we are trying to attract talent and I feel like we're using the old methods. We're using the old method of here's what it takes to work here. Here are your requirements, 50 hours a week and do this and do this and do this. And it's like, that's not attractive. You're not selling me on working for you. You have to actually sell it like they're a customer. You have to convince them, persuade them that this is the place where they should be growing their career and developing themselves for the next few years. And there's not an expectation anymore that they're going to work there forever. You have to make it their next stepping stone and make it align with their goals. So... Uh, so recently, I guess, anecdotally, I put up a job post on LinkedIn and we're in the middle of what's called a staffing shortage in our industry. And I go, uh, I'm just going to put a job post out there. I'm going to write it genuinely from the heart and say, this is what we're looking for. And this is what the ideal candidate has. But I mostly focused on what we stand for and why we're different. So I actually put the sentence, we are allergic to timesheets in my job description that made Caroline laugh as she just did one night we talked about it on my show. And what ended up happening was I got like 40 applications that night, like 95 over the course of three or four days. And I was like, staffing shortage. <laughs> like there were people lining up applying. Now, not all, not all of them were great, but I was going, wow, that's way more than I thought I was going to get. And then I realized that there were certain aspects of the job, and I asked the people that interviewed, the people who had requested or had applied, I said, if you don't mind telling me what attracted you to hit apply and to submit your, app- your uh, resume. And they said pretty much that sentence, Aller- allergic to timesheets and a few other things that you said, Shannon, about you know, your values and your culture. And it wasn't about the pay. They didn't even ask me about the pay. In fact, um, I'm interviewing someone right now for the job, and we haven't even discussed the pay yet. Because that was not the first question, which is really interesting. And I think that the fact that I have a presence online, now that's not synonymous with a personal brand, but I do have a presence online that helped build my personal brand. And that helped people get to know me without having to actually meet me. So they know enough about me through my podcast and through my Instagram and through whatever that they were able to go, okay, like she's posting this content, this is what she believes. I post honest thoughts on linkedin i post honest thoughts on on all the platforms and a lot of people find it refreshing because it's a little bit contrarian to the typical accountant me- mentality and i think that people are attracted to that because they're looking for something different so i think the more that you can showcase through personal brand you know what you stand for people will become i say price and wage ag- agnostic to you because they're like i want to work for shannon whatever she's paying And my clients do this too. They're like, I want to work with Shannon, whatever she's charging. They don't even ask me how much I charge. They're just like, I want to work with you. And then just what does that look like? You want to be in that position where people are lining up to work with you or for you without competing on price. And that's the the biggest thing. You don't want to commoditize yourself.
0: Would you say there's a difference or not between having a personal brand versus your company brand?
1: There is a difference, but I do believe the personal brand is because people, people work with, buy from, and are influenced by people. So I think that when they can understand the human, the mission, they can connect on an ethos, it's way more impactful. However, I do think a company brand is really, really powerful as you get bigger. If you think about certain companies, you know what they stand for without even knowing who the CEO actually is or who the founder actually is. But there are so many, especially as you're building up a startup or if you're in a service business like accounting like we are, that understanding the person behind it is really powerful too. Not just what we stand for or our firm name, it's really about developing that connection with the person.
0: So how have you been able to find the balance of building and scaling your business, especially when it comes to headcount and servicing your clients? Uh,
1: That's a great question because I still feel like I'm always figuring that out. Um, How are we building and scaling? We're in the middle of building and scaling right now. It's been just me for so long and then contractors. And I think that hiring a lot of different contractors and having different business models has helped me get clear on as we get bigger, what has to change. Things worked at the time that don't work anymore. You're constantly evolving. So I think you have to be nimble and be open to changing a bit about your model as you go, as you get bigger because if you want to if you have a really clear picture as to your why and what you want to build you'll figure out what you need to pivot and how you need to change it i feel like we're building it as we go but always with the same blueprint in mind of this is what we want it to look like and how we get there was going to change you know i started with a bunch of different contractors and now i'm going i just need an employee i need somebody i can control i need somebody who i can fill up 40 hours a week and will be kind of like a partner to me in growing and a consistent you know um stable person that we can we can hang on to here and and that's really important to me right now but i definitely loved how i built my business using you know other women owned businesses who are bookkeepers and tax preparers along the way that really helped support me
0: so i'd love to back it up a little more and, and pivot back to your story of okay you're working in corporate america as a director was this something that you were doing on the side that you continued building until you were At a point where you could quit full time? I'd like to hear more about that. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, traditional accountant, I was like, okay, let's do a cash flow forecast for the house and figure out with my husband, because he's a fellow business owner. We figured out when can Shannon quit, right? That was the goal. When can Shannon quit? Uh, Because he knew I was miserable. But I was, it was during COVID and I was working, you know, I was working this job. I think a lot of people did this in quiet, was, I had two laptops on this desk and I was answering emails for work on one and I was building the business on the side with the other and we talked about this before but the irony was in my corporate job uh I got promoted in the middle of covid for doing such a good job and I was working like half the time that I was before and I just laughed at myself going wow well, all I had to do was not try and I I got a promotion <laughs> And it was funny because I was still getting everything done. My team had no inclination I was doing anything else but working all day because all the results were happening. So what I did was I optimized my results there and did the things that I knew, like effectively delegated, led the team, held efficient meetings that ended on time. I know, right? (laughs) And actually and drove the results there in less time. I was so motivated to do things in less time that I created efficiencies for the company as a result. And then I would be switching over to my other laptop to serve tax and accounting clients. And I hit this point where I looked at my husband and I said, I can't do another tax season where I'm running this business and I have a full-time job. Like, I just can't. I'm going to burn out. I'm already burning out. That fall of 2022 was the worst. I was, I was malnourished. I had no energy. Uh, I, I, my health was at a low point. And I said, I can't do this. I have to quit something. And I just said, Would you give me because I'm a business person? <laughs> so would you give me six months to prove it? Would you give me six months to prove that I can do this full time? Like let me go through tax season, which is the top revenue time frame, right? So I said, just let me c- collect cash here and build the runway and know that this is the full- time thing. But like let me pour into this a hundred percent because I was pouring into it twenty percent and I was making a quarter million. So I was going, listen, if I'm you know, making a quarter million in revenue at twenty percent strength, I have the capacity. Give me six months, I'll show you. And he said, "Okay, you're on, right?" Because like, what's the worst that's going to happen after six months? I said, "If if I haven't proven that this is sustainable, I'll go get another job, but it ain't this one. You just got to give me the runway." And he said, "Okay, when's your last day?" Because I did the whole cash flow forecast and I showed him we can support we can support ourselves with no problem whatsoever for six months. Let me do this. And that was the best thing was having that conversation and being able to say, yep, I quit.
0: That's amazing. And I'm, your business has obviously exploded since you made that decision. And I love that you were so confident. You had the numbers, obviously, from the cash flow projections, you know, CPA. And <laughs> you knew exactly what that breaking point was going to be. But you just even mentally knew, like, I'm dying. I can't do this anymore. And that's amazing that your husband was supportive and all the things. And so... What advice would you give to someone that's considering going out on their own or maybe in a similar scenario that's got a side hustle going on but still, you know, trudging away in corporate America?
1: I would, I mean, honestly, even though I am a CPA and that is a very CPA answer to say do a cash flow forecast, do a cash flow forecast because if you can figure out what are the monthly expenses that we need to pay for, how much do I need to be bringing in to cover at least those? How much should I have to dip into savings, or how much do we have in savings, right? Like really looking at your home balance sheet of where are where are where is all the money? and what is it doing? Can we live off the cash flow of this? Can we pull money out of here for now for six months? Like, can you do the same type of thing where you say, "Give me a six-month runway to make this work, or I will go find another job, especially if you're really miserable in your current one, because right now, I feel like you can get another job. If you have a marketable skill, you can absolutely do that. But you have to give yourself the chance to go all in and bet on yourself to do that. But what I did was people say it was this like, oh, how did you jump off that cliff? And I go, it wasn't a cliff. It was a rock to the ground because I built the ground up to the point where the cliff was no longer this giant leap. It was just kind of a step down. And I said, okay, like we've, we've built this enough where it's not going to be such a drastic, you know, drastic leap of faith.
0: I love that analogy that you're building it up, but it wasn't a cliff. Um, And so did, was that something that you were doing on the side silently or were you publicly advertising yourself and your services? Kind of tell me about that.
1: (laughs) Luckily, none of my coworkers used Instagram. So that is honestly where I built my business on Instagram, even though my ideal client now is not on Instagram. It was back then. And And I still love Instagram, but it's not the greatest place to find high paying CFO clients, but it was where I could hang out, where I could post content and where I could build a brand without anybody knowing, because none of my professional colleagues were on Instagram looking for me. And it was a little bit like on that personal side where nobody went poking around looking for their colleagues on Instagram. Like everyone just kind of like let each other be. We were all in our thirties, like nobody was interested in doing that. So what's funny is not, and I started the podcast while I was working So I was very cautious and very scared that someone one day was going to Google me or I would come up in SEO and I was starting to really market myself. And I was thinking, oh gosh, I'm interviewing these new people at work that are going to come work for my team. What if they Google me? What if they find out that I'm not really all in on this? What will they think? And then I was like, well, what would they care? You know, I actually looked at it and said, it's more about the company seeing that than anyone else who works in the company. I feel like every individual was more like rooting for me, to be honest. Like everyone was supportive of each other as coworkers, but nobody was going to be like, hey, Shannon's doing this other thing. Like I taught Zumba part-time, you know, during this as well. I was a Zumba instructor and they knew that. And I made that known for a reason because I wanted to say, hey, you'll let me teach Zumba at night, but you won't let me do taxes. So that's an interesting kind of a a thing to bring up to them is say, why is one acceptable and the other isn't? Both of them pay me. You know, I'm still working as a W-2 employee at the gym. That doesn't bother any of you because it doesn't interfere with work hours. This didn't either. I still got everything done. So I just didn't market myself on LinkedIn for a while until I officially quit. And then I went, hey, everyone, I came out on LinkedIn. (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, I think you have to just find the right platform or find the right, right way or right handle or right way to like, kind of, I go on about it quietly until I didn't have to.
0: Thank you for sharing. That's an awesome story. And I'm sure now your clients come from LinkedIn and, you know, SEO and all things. So. Yeah. And
1: actually my coworkers, my former coworkers dating all the way back, like people who are partners at that big four firm now are messaging me. How did you do that? I'm so jealous. And I'm like, really? Like all of you that made partner, like the dream, the peak, the pinnacle, the thing that you've been, you've been begging for, for years. Like I remember everyone chasing that goal and I was like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> like I got tired before the finish line and I was like, nah, I'm good. I'm going to go over here. And what would seem like, oh, she settled for a different career path, right? In, in the eyes of like that, progr- the progression up to partner, it that, like, that's just, that's everyone's own path because I left and now I do what I do. And I recently got a few text messages from old colleagues and old alums of my college saying, I'm watching what you're doing and I'm super impressed. And I'm like, how did you do it? And that was just kind of an interesting, like, you know, it didn't occur to me that anyone would be looking at this with any type of, I don't know, envy or admiration or aspiration. I'm just going, this is just me doing what I want to do." You know, and they say, I want to do that too. I'm like, why not go do it? (laughs) Nothing's stopping you.
0: You chose a different path and it's paid off for you in a big way. And I think that's just probably affirmation and just from your former colleagues and now partners with big four companies. I mean, they're stuck doing the same thing, different day that was supposed to be the path, but you took a different path and it's been such an amazing journey for you. Definitely. So as we wrap up, how can our listeners find you?
1: Uh, My podcast, Keep What You Earn, where you can learn all about business strategy and marketing tips and finance tips. We want more business owners to keep more of what they earn and become more savvy. So there's five days a week of free content of me teaching and having epic guests on just like Caroline.
0: Thanks, Shannon.